Hello, good evening, and welcome. I'm Simon Bestwick. And I'm Gemma Files, and this, of course, is No Ooh. Darkness, But Ours. Welcome to the second part of our deepest dive yet, into the realm of underwater horror. You'll find a link to part one in the description below. Now put on your scuba gear and follow us into the depths. We were talking about this in the... Uh, podcast we did about terrified i've spoken about mm -hmm. it before the that little island north rona um it, uh, off the scottish coast where yeah essentially the um, but i mean that's about nearly 50 miles from land in any direct uh, the nearest land is about 50 odd miles in any direction um you're not likely to be able to see it on certainly on a certainly yeah. on that other so if you lived on that island and you know it's just, you've got this tiny little population clinging to existence on an island and the rest of and the rest of the world would basically seem to be empty. Yes. Obviously, they knew there was an outside world. They had contact with it. Um, but at the same time, an awful lot of the time, there was just absolutely no one else there. Which... Well, in terms of island horror, the two things I always think of are Skull Island, um, where King Kong comes from. Oh, um, and the, uh, yeah, I mean, both both ver both most recent versions, uh, Kong Skull Island and... Um, uh, and the King Kong that Peter Jackman did, which, you know, people like to shit on because it's three hours long. But I got to say, the design elements that went into that fucking movie, you know, it's like, yeah, Skull Island is like, well, we live in hell. <laughs> like, you know, the, the people in Kong Skull Island. They're not living a you know like a wonderful life, but they at least enjoy themselves. But yeah, the people <laughs> the people in in Jackman's version of of Skull Island, particularly because you know one of the things they had to cut out was that he redid the giant bug section that they cut out of the original King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the original King Kong, there's there's this moment. Um, it's a scene that they had to cut out because. People, because they, they weren't happy with the way it got done. It was stop motion, you know, stuff like that. But also people who saw the first cut of King Kong found it so horrifying that they were, no, they were like, no, no, you have to cut that out. There is no fucking is way you that you can show that. When you yeah. watch the original 1933 version of King Kong, how frightening it is. I mean, how yeah. gruesome it is. Yeah, it's exactly. Really well, uh, in, in both versions, there's this moment where... <laughs> Where uh, the people who are going after, you know, trying to rescue uh, Fay Ray, um, Fay Ray's character, uh, fall, there's a crevasse, there's a big yeah. crack, and they have to cross it, um, and they fall off the log that they're using to cross it, end up in the crevasse, at the bottom of the crevasse is a whole bunch of mulch, like, you know, like, I'd say a layer Mm, a mile deep and living in the mulch giant bugs yeah. giant <laughs> bugs that want to eat you giant yeah all sorts of you know it's like it's like it suddenly turns into fucking um starship troopers wow <laughs> you know with um uh, the, I mean, there are there are there are some great sort of, sort of supernatural 
horror novels set on the on the ocean. Like, I mean, Nancy Holder's Dead on the Wa- Dead in the Water springs to mind. Oh um, yeah, I love very, that book. And the very underrated 1980 film Death Ship yes. with George Kennedy. Um, yeah, where it's, it's, it's this Nazi ship that's just like making this weird circumnavigation, you know, waiting for people to, you know, lose their ships and have to you know, get on board their ship. Yeah. And it's Triangle, of course, Chris Smith's, Christopher Smith's uh, film. Yes, uh, yeah, which I, I have my own problems with, but mainly because of the, the autistic kid angle. Uh, yeah, of course, that would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah sort of, that's not very... Not very well handled to, in that no. sense. No, um, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, y- you often have to deal with autistic kids as uh, some kind of plot device, obviously. But also, you know, then it's it's like uh, a weird kind of character thing, how people respond to having an autistic kid. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, it, it I bounced hard off of that. But... Christopher Young's amazing, generally, and I know that a lot of people love Triangle, and I love the idea of the Bermuda Triangle, you know. Oh, um, oh or uh, fucking uh, the Philadelphia Experiment. Yes, another another really good one. Nick Sutter uh, did um, something with, specifically for Audible, um, which takes a lot of its backstory from the Philadelphia Experiment, and his version of the Philadelphia Experiment is one of the most horrifying things that I've come across. Because it's not just, you know, it's not just um, we went from one time period to another, uh, things started melting, somebody ended up inside a wall. It's we went from one dimension to another, and two dimensions intersected, and bits of one dimension got stuck inside another dimension yeah yeah and uh yeah just incredible incredible um going into science fiction i mean it's interesting because as i was saying you get supernaturally stuff as in you know um in this you've got like things like like dead in the water which mm -hmm. i think yeah superb i haven't read that in years but the fact i I think i haven't read it since the late 90s and the fact that it's it's, i still i still remember that uh very much in my head. Well, the same way that the, the fog has those elements of, oh, yeah. you know, um, they seem to be pirates, but they're actually lepers. Yeah. <laughs> actually just sailors, you know, just really pissed off sailors. <laughs> Understandably so. But yeah. in, in a lot of cases, so much of the, so much maritime horror, so much undersea horror is more rooted in some kind of science fictional element than in, yes. in a traditional supernatural one that it, it, it does another happen, but... another way that uh cutter you know came across this um was to uh okay so basically the deep um there's a place at the very bottom of the tr- of the sea uh like in the marineris trench something along challenge. those lines yeah sorry the challenger deep yeah, that's right. The Challenger Deep. Um, so down so far that the only thing you can see is blackness and a falling layer, a falling gray layer of biological fall. It's like it looks like ash, but it's actually, you know, garbage from pe- from things eating other things. 
uh, and uh, decayed bodies and stuff like that. But by the time it gets down to you, it's it's just debris. It's just like, you know, just it just looks like something burnt up there. And now there's this yeah. snow coming down um, at the bottom where you are so completely isolated um they're doing research on a um uh on a virus that is going around the world which causes people to um basically lose the ability to make memories um right. they first they lose all their old memories and then they lose the ability to make any memories and then they just sort of sit down and stare at things until they die um, and the reason for going down there to work on, you know, deconstructing this virus and maybe, you know, finding a cure is to, is so that they can be as isolated as humanly possible, um, and control, uh, who goes in and who comes out as much as humanly possible. But it's also because it's fucking creepy. It's incredibly incredibly creepy and the isolation is part of it so you have the psychological strain of the isolation the psychological strain of being you know in this um this frenzy uh you know this uh, this hot zone frenzy of trying yeah. to you know come up with a cure for something that you know it's like maybe people are gonna forget that we're down here because you know, everybody's forgetting everything, you know, and we're going to fucking starve to death in the dark, you know, <laughs> let alone if we start forgetting that we're down here, you know, and just, somebody just opens up a, you know, porthole and lets the sea in. So all of that goes into the making of Nick Cutter's The Deep, but then there is also mm, a potentially supernatural element. Okay. So, you know, at that that place where is it a hallucination or are you actually being haunted by things that you have, traumas that you have memories about, et cetera? Yeah. Um, is there evil in the world? Is there like um, evil with a personality or is, yeah, is it big evil or is it just little evil or maybe just evil? <laughs> as uh, as Unka Stevie says, um, yes, so, yes. you know, or or Sarah Lotz's Day Four, you know. Oh yeah, that's a brilliant book. I mean, everything. I love Sarah Lotz's horrific. She's just fantastic. Absolutely, and this thing yeah. of and you know, it's like we've all heard those stories about how you know there's no law on the ocean, right? Yeah. You get past a certain point and. Anybody could do any fucking thing, really, you know, because, you know, it's like maybe you've got somebody aboard your ship, particularly if it's a huge cruise ship, as this is. Maybe you've got a couple of, you know, like you've got security, you've got uh, like sort of like a police force inside your ship. But if yeah. things are breaking down, you know, things start breaking down pretty quick and it's like you're on a floating island. You're on a floating the, island where you're running out of everything. Oh, now what's it called? Because I was I was sent a copy of this to try and find a blurb for. It. I didn't find the time for it, but it was a very good. It was a. It was by a Scandinavian mm. author, and it was set on uh, one of the ferries that um, uh, goes from I think Britain to um, Scandinavia, and basically 
a vampire gets loose and starts. Uh, oh, that is great! I would. Spreading. Is it? It's not Almakatsu. No, not Almakatsu. It's a. It's a. It was written by a guy. Um, yeah, no, because that was the deep, and that was about the um, not the Titanic, but the Britannic. I need to read Almakatsu. Uh, yeah. I haven't read any of their stuff yet. I have to admit. No, you absolutely do. Ah, by the way, the book I was mentioning before, Blood Cruise by Matt Strandberg. Um, Cruz, the, okay. Strandberg, uh, yes, I've got it here. Nice. Thank you very much. I'm downloading a sample now. Um, there's a woman named Darcy Coates who did a really great underwater horror novel that I picked up um, on Kindle. Uh, and, you know, she's she doesn't always work for me, but this fucking worked so well for me. And... It's literally called something like uh, Down Below. Um, just one moment. Oh, not to mention um, there are a lot of things based around um, the transition, the, uh, the voyage that Dracula takes in oh, Dracula. Yeah. You know, the voyage of the... Uh, the Demeter? The Demeter, yes. Um, the Root of Salt and Ice, I think, is an... It oh, From Below. It's called From Below. Um, and it's about excavating a, <laughs> a bunch of, uh, a bunch of again, um, you know, deep sea divers uh, who are excavating and um, making a documentary about the excavation of a long-lost ship in the Titanic mode, um, which went down in this particularly dead-ass area of, of Arctic waters. It's not quite at the Arctic, but it's so cold that it yeah. makes it incredibly difficult to, you know, and yet everything is beautifully preserved, obviously. Um, so they go down there and, you know, they've got all the survival horror stuff of, well, you know, you might run out of air and you might, you have to keep checking yourself all the time and you might go a little crazy and, you know, um, going back up is going to take mm, like an hour and a half. So you really got to check your time and, you know, not just your air, but your time. Um, and then once they get in there, um, they discover that the ship is haunted. And wow. the reason that it went down is because of stuff which had to do with the haunting. Um, and uh, yeah, it's an incredible book. Um, yeah, so uh, From Below by Darcy Coates is you know combines all the all the things i love about underwater horror uh, <laughs> and water horror and you know it's like sea horror you know um yeah because that's what we're talking about we're talking about the fact that you know when you talk about sea horror you're not just talking about underneath the sea you're talking about on the sea you're talking about the the weather that comes from the sea you're talking about people who come from the sea you're talking about piracy you're talking about you know, lack of laws, you're talking about when the horizon is all you see, there's no fucking land anywhere. The craziness that comes to you when you're in the middle of what seems like just a planet of water, just there's yeah. nothing there. 
Um, it's, it's all. It's it's so much of it again. Is it's stripping away. It's going back to something we've talked about before. Stripping away the sort of a lot of the kind of accoutrements, a lot of the yeah. uh, the additions of kind of civilization and and that until you just, until you're you're left with increasingly with very with very little to measure yourself against in yeah. terms of you know, in terms of constraints on your behaviour, in terms of you know. Even and constraints on your your mind as well. You know, it's like yeah. uh, the the more alone you are, the less you are checking in with other human beings. Um, the more you become able to think thoughts that you would just go no no, <laughs> and not just think them but speak them and also act upon them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which is worrying. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's the super worrying thing, you know. Um, and, you know, that's why the interesting juxtaposition in day four of like a luxury liner, you know, a cruise ship where everybody, you know, it's like, yeah, I want to be in the middle of nowhere on the ocean, but I want all the accoutrements of home. You know, I want all the, you know, in fact, I want it to be better than home. I want it to be luxurious. I want to pretend that I'm, you know, it's like, and pretty soon, you know, it's like you're at the bottom of the sea, you know, that the ship's rolled over and you, you're you having to climb through it. What's that? The Poseidon Adventure? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, there's so many fucking things that can go wrong on the ocean. There's so many things that can go wrong on a body of water. <laughs> it was the, the Batavia. I think it was a Dutch ship yeah. that was wrecked. And uh, one of the survivors, essentially some kind of crazed preacher type, yes. set himself up as kind of like the king of the island, killed and cannibalized, and um, yes. he was eventually kind of. Um, Let's return to Lovecraft for a second. Yeah, we've because got there's a that. there's a side bar, which I think we cannot possibly um, not pay attention to, which mm. is submarine horror. <laughs> and I, Lovecraft who yeah the temple yeah Lovecraft one of the first things that he wrote I mean you know it's like we go from Dagon which is above the water but so you know obsessed with how horrifying the water is how horrifying yes. the sea is you know it's like somebody said uh, quite rightly that you know the three things that he was afraid of more than anything else um, aside from you know, existential dread and uh, the vastness of the universe were people who weren't from New England, um, vaginas, and seafood. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Didn't he once pay some, pay some some muscular young guy to pick him up and basically carry him into the sea to the <laughs> to this I had heard that. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, he's he's not he's not a dude who's uh, you know comfortable with the ocean in any way, shape, or form. No. Um, and you know, so we know that there's this big part of Lovecraft where it's like you know people coming from the sea who breed with people on the land, and then they produce people who look like fish a little, and then they start to look like fish a lot, and then they go back in the sea. And they come in the sea, you know, Yohannesle, um, and uh, the Innsmouthians. But you know, even well before that, you have these two, these two stories, Dagon and the Temple, which are set during World War One, 
Um, and they're both flip sides of the same coin. One in at one is the survivor of a ship sunk by the, uh, the by U-boat. Yeah, it's just the the Huns had had not, had not yet sunk to their their later level of barbarity and didn't you know sort of like machine gun us all. Um, and he ends up in this this some kind of subterranean upheaval and he finds himself on this you know this sort of, island like, that's come from the bottom of the you know from the sea the bottom of the sea you know brought up by a volcanic volcanic eruption or something like that and he's yeah. like why is everything so wet and why is there are there is there no sand and also why are all these carvings everywhere and then you know it's like oh god you know things start coming up out of the ocean and you know fishy things you know yes. uh with big bob buggy eyes you know worshiping in front of these cyclopean, you know, <laughs> images. Exactly. And then he realizes that, in fact, it's on the back of something gigantic that is, it's so gigantic that it has a fucking island on its back. And yeah. it just starts to dive. And he's like, well, that's the end of me. But then he survives and, and a boat picks him up and brings him back to New York where he just can't stop thinking about it, so eventually he kills himself. My God, that hand! The window! The window! It's one of those funny, <laughs> hilarious endings. Yes, um, exactly. It's like, i got to write this down real quick! This actually, there's a Norse legend about a creature like a gigantic turtle, which yes. uh, people, would, would, people would mistake for an eye. I'm not sure if it, was, if it would do this deliberately out of malice or simply because, you know, you know it was just kind of like, cruising along, minding its own business, and people go, hey, we found a new island. Oh, I'm going down. What the fuck? Help! We're drowning. Yeah, um, um, yeah this, the, the idea of, you know, the Kraken, which yeah. completely comes from the North Sea. Um, and yeah, there are, there are like a whole different bunch of Krakens, you know, like a whole different bunch of, you know, and all of them do things that will tempt you to come towards them and that, so that you, they can eat you. <laughs> Yes. I mean, unintentional humour is in both of those stories. I mean, in the, the window, the window uh, in Jaws and the sort of the almost parodic, you know, sort of characterization of the German officer. In yes. the uh, to the point where you just wonder why Lovecraft didn't just write all the W's as V's. Yes. And my, Z's. My, my, my iron German will. will. <laughs> it's one of the, one Everyone of the... else is freaking out, but I'm not going to freak out because of my iron German will. Pig dogs at one point is, is, is another phase that literally... Yeah, no, he, he, he like refers to other German people as particular pig dogs. You know, it's like, I'm an Austrian, of course. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Despite like, all that... These were low Dutch, you know, German pig dogs. You know? Despite that, I mean, despite this very heavy-handed characterization and it's something that you know i think every writer has uh, struggles with at some time they try to sort of in an effort to make the story work they kind of feel they have to stamp yeah. some kind of characterization onto it and it, uh, rather than let it develop organically and that can that can kind of stiffen the whole thing and not not and make it maybe less good than it would have been but despite all that there is a, a truly there's something truly haunting about this idea this 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 submarine this u-boat that sinks a ship and then it finds itself kind of kind of cursed effectively it's kind of like immobilized it's it can't surface and it's being swept and borne along to this ancient sort of yeah this sub subterranean thing. you know this this yeah this this temple at the bottom of the sea 
which, you know, it isn't even like part of Yohanifle. You know, there's no huge city around it. It's just this fucking temple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like just going down further and further and further and further, getting the bends, you know, everything's dark and we're running out of energy and pretty soon there's no lights, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, it's, it is very much like, you know, getting trapped inside of a, you know, in, inside of a ship that started to jump and then it came out of a jump in the middle, you know, in the gulf between the stars. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and it's one, it's something which I think, yeah, I'd be really interested in seeing, uh, uh maybe the next series of Del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. I would uh, love that. See what, because I mean, in, while while that characterization is over the top, yeah. the idea of that narrator, that commanding officer, as this, you know, sort of patho almost pathologically, fanatically dedicated individual yes. who's, and that's what keep, and that's what kind of keeps him, keeps him sort of, yeah, keeps him firm or whatever, uh, while everyone else is slowly going unhinged or is being seduced by whatever call is coming from the city yeah. um it's like i'm it, just gonna get into the i'm gonna get into um you know the tubes we fire you know torpedoes out of and let yeah. myself out into the sea you know um and it and at a certain point when the when the um come on when the when the submarine has finally made it to the bottom uh he just puts on in you know his outfit and goes out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's basically saying, even I can't resist the call. My that's a my, my iron German will has been worn down. You know, yeah, the, been <laughs> worn down. So I'm just gonna walk over to the temple, see what's yeah, see what's going on, hang out, it. you know, until my lamps go out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so you, know, you you can see all these kind of you can you can point you can point out all these flaws you know they're very that's a, you're very much sort of an early works by and I think those I think both of those stories have they're off they're often sort of dismissed as just being you know preliminary sketches for for stuff that he would go on later to do like I mean, they're uh, pulpy by they'll they're pulpy by Lovecraftian standards but I gotta say they have there's still in, something about them their own right they actually yeah. they have merit in their own right there's there's a real under there's an undeniable power both to Dagon and to the temple. Um, mm -hmm. And particularly in the case of the temple, the fact that this manages to to transcend the voice that it's written in, which is, you know, Lovecraft banging his drum off, you bloody Germans, I don't like you. Um, you know, to the... Yeah, to the and in, in, terms of, in terms of beach horror, um, one of Lovecraft's last things uh, oh. that he did was a collaboration with that one really young friend of his who later went on to become an archaeologist um uh, oh yeah i think i may, i think i'd be familiar with this one i'm just trying to remember what it was called um, i'm trying to remember what it's what it's called too but yeah i mean it takes place on the beach and there are these amazing descriptions of the kind of weather that comes off of, off of the sea um and finding things on the beach and going like you know is this a is this a carved artifact or just a piece of coral that's being worn down that happens to weirdly look like a carved artifact you know is this is this a human hand that i found in the surf you know going back and forth <laughs> um messiah of evil uh which is a very odd 
you know, like almost grindhouse level film um, that manages to be superbly Lovecraftian in its uh, in its tone um, is, I believe, based on that. I may be wrong about it, but, you know, it's definitely based on Innsmouth. It has it has hints of Innsmouth, but it also really has the um the real the tone of that particular crazy story you know um and yeah, I mean, yeah yeah you know that's that's a whole subset of ocean horror which is beach horror and you can hear the third part of our talk on underwater horror here at the same time next week no darkness but ours is made possible through generous donations from horror enthusiasts just like you if you'd like to support us, you can sign up to our Patreon and get access to exclusive content, or you can make a one-off donation via Ko-Fi. Links in the description below. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know in the comments, share and subscribe, and don't forget to hit the like button if you're watching us on YouTube. Let us know as well if there's anything you'd really like to hear us talking about in the future, and we'll be back with more at the same time next week. So, until next time, I have been Simon Bestwick, and I have been, as usual, Gemma Files, and this remains no darkness, but ours. <laughs>